If you feel like you're never good enough, no matter what you do, if it always feels like you're falling short, no matter how hard you try, and if somehow you never seem to live up to your own expectations, even if you're managing to live up to everyone else's, then today's episode is made for you. Welcome back to the Psychology of Depression and Anxiety. I'm your host, Dr. Scott. I am a licensed clinical psychologist. I create and design and facilitate intensive outpatient programs for people with moderate to severe mood and anxiety disorders. I'm also the author of the book, For What Everything is Burning, and the upcoming book, Lessons from the Woods. If you hear those credentials and you think, what on earth could this guy possibly know about the feeling of falling short and not living up to your own expectations? Well, let me tell you, that's not how brains work. You might hear my credentials and think, I bet this guy feels pretty good about himself every day. I bet he wakes up and says, man, look at all this stuff I've done. I am good. I have made it. I am happy with myself. But brains are kind of dumb. That's, that's really what it comes down to. Our brains are not always very rational. And they have certain processes, certain habits that they engage in that can really sabotage our best efforts to feel good and enjoy our lives and feel proud of ourselves. Today, I'm going to describe two of those processes and one really simple but really powerful tool I've developed to combat them. So the first thing I want you to understand about your own brain is that it has something called a negativity bias. So a negativity bias means that your mind tends to be more focused on potential threats or problems or general deficiencies in your life than it is focused on achievements or accomplishments or successes. So basically, when you're appraising your own life, when you're thinking about like, who am I? How am I doing? What have I done? Your brain kind of goes through this checklist. And anything in your life that you feel like you have already accomplished or you're doing a pretty good job of or you're on track with, your brain kind of puts a check mark next to that thing and says, all right, we're good there. That means we don't really have to think about it anymore. So anything that gets this check mark, like, yeah, you're doing all right here. You're doing all right financially. You're doing all right with your health, whatever it is. Those are just examples. Your brain then kind of lets that thought go. Because since there's no threat, since there's no problem in that area, there isn't anything to think about according to your survival-minded subconscious. But as it's going through this list, it will almost inevitably come up against something where it says, mm, we are not doing so hot in this area, friend. And when it gets to that thing, it stops. It stops going through this checklist and it says, here's the problem. This is the most important thing in our life right now, because this is the biggest problem, because this is the thing that is most wrong. Your mind, especially your subconscious mind, which is very similar to the subconscious of other higher level mammals, your mind associates problematic or, or dangerous, potentially danger can mean like a lot of things here, but your mind correlates that with importance. And that's why it has a tendency to focus on the worst parts of your life. We also have a process in our minds called rumination. Rumination describes our tendency to repeat the same thought over and over and over again when it has a strong emotional component to it. So most of the day, our thoughts kind of flow like water in a river, right? Like we have a thought and within a few seconds, it's gone. And there's sort of this constant in and out, this constant ebb and flow of ideas. But at certain points in our day, Thought will enter our minds that has a really strong emotional connotation to it. And again, with that negativity bias in play, if that emotion is negative in particular, if that emotion is 
fear or anxiety or sadness or anger or loneliness or anything kind of in that realm of unpleasantness, your brain has a tendency to hold on to that thought and recycle it over and over and over again, which amps up the associated feelings, the emotions that come with that thought. They kind of start to pile on top of each other with every repetition of this idea. And so when you combine those two psychological processes, what you get is a brain that only notices the worst parts of your life and thinks about them over and over and over again. And so no matter what you do, no matter how well you're doing, you are not perfect and your life is not perfect. And neither of those things will ever be true, which means your brain will always be able to find something that is lacking, latch onto it and make you feel like crap about it. Like I said, brains are kind of dumb. The good news is that to some extent, you can train yourself out of this way of thinking. There's actually quite a few strategies that you can use to do this. Thought challenges, mindfulness activities. Those are very broad categories of, of concepts or treatment resources that can help with this. I'm going to show you one today that I have developed, that I have made up or at least adapted and kind of made it my own, that I personally find more effective than any of those other tools because A, the simplicity of it, and B, the phrasing. You'll understand when I give you this example in a second. So for podcast listeners, I'm going to kind of describe what I'm doing here. Uh, if you happen to be watching the YouTube video, you are going to be able to actually see me use this skill. I'm going to draw it out on a whiteboard. Um, so if you're listening to the podcast, but you are more of a visual learner, just a super quick plug, I'd encourage you to check out the YouTube video of this episode so you can actually see the visual example of what I'm doing. I call this tool the values pie chart. And so what we're going to do, um, and by the way, really quick, I'm going to do mine as an example, um, but I want to be clear on something. These are my values, and I don't necessarily believe that my values in and of themselves are universally correct for all people. So the purpose of this activity that I'm going to show you is not to try to get you to adopt my values and just copy and paste them into your life. What I'm hoping you will do with this is take this concept, take this framework, but graft your own values onto it and make it your own. If you don't know what your values are, then this is going to be a harder thing to do. And you're probably going to need to do some more foundational work on identifying your values. But even just doing this activity might get you thinking about them. So I start by making a pie chart. And the, of course, the beginning of making a pie chart is literally drawing a circle, which I'm actually terrible at. So if you're watching the YouTube video here and you see this kind of lumpy oval looking thing, it is intended to be a circle. And any non-circular aspects of it are simply an artistic limitation and not actually part of the exercise. Then we're going to divide this th circle into three sections. These three sections are not going to be equally sized. We have three categories of values, and they do not have equal importance in our lives. One category is going to represent about two-thirds of this pie chart, or 66%, roughly. We're going to have another category that represents about 25% of this pie chart. And then this kind of smaller piece at the top that just represents the leftover space. The main two-thirds of this pie chart, this biggest piece here, these are your core values. What is a core value? You can hear a lot of different definitions of this depending on who you ask. I define core values as basically your reasons for living. Like what gets you out of bed in the morning? What do you, what's the most meaningful 
things that you do in your day? What gives you the deepest, most long-lasting sense of satisfaction? What do you want to be remembered by? What really bothers you more than other things if you're falling short at it? These are going to be your core values. And again, I don't know what those are for you. I'm going to share mine just as an example. Yours probably are different than mine. Um, but it, it is important to identify what yours are, because this is going to provide you with some guidance on what to do to challenge that negativity bias and that rumination. This medium-sized 25% piece over here, these are what I call your supplemental values. These are going to be things that don't necessarily have value to you on their own, but they are things that support your ability to focus on and continue to move forward towards your core values. That'll make a little more sense when I give an example. And the smaller part here at the top, these are basically like your hobbies and interests. So these are things you do not necessarily because they are super important or meaningful to you, but more because they're fun, because they're enjoyable and they add some needed joy and variety to your life. So there's a couple things that we can use this pie chart for. The first is we can use it to assess what we're actually stressing about. What I mean by that is going back to that negativity bias idea earlier, as you're going through this mental checklist, when you get to something and, and you think, hmm, Here's an area where I'm not real happy with where I'm at. We need to figure out where is that on this pie chart? Is this a core value? Is this something that really is crucially important to me? Is this a supplemental value? Is this a hobby? You know, is this something that I just do for fun? That Like my performance on this thing maybe isn't that crucial. Is it even on the pie chart? Because there's not going to be that many things that are on here. And sometimes our biggest problem in life does not even make the cut of being one of our values. Let me walk you through this with my example now, like I promised. So my core values, things that are the absolute top priority, most important parts of my life to me would be my family, my spirituality, my health, and my ability to help others. Now, I suspect a lot of people would put health as a supplemental value rather than a core value, meaning health is something that you need to have, you know, fulfilled to some degree to do the other things that matter to you, but it's not super meaningful in and of itself. Health is a core value for me because I am someone who has had a lot of health problems in my life, more mental than physical. But I know that for me, nothing else really matters to me or feels good to me in life if my health is not in a good place, especially mental health. I know that being in poor mental health can take away everything else that matters in life. That's why I have mental health as a core value. My supplemental values, the things that support my ability to focus on family, spirituality, health, and helping others would be finances, the state of my home, my living space, and getting outside, spending time in nature. These are things that I absolutely need to have somewhat in place in order to be able to continue to focus on my core values. Um, I suspect for a lot of people, job will be in here or career. I am very fortunate that I'm able to have a career that actually overlaps with my core values because of my ability to help others. Um, that's what I get to do for a living. I, I understand that not everyone has that luxury. And so for a lot of people, their job is probably going to fall into this supplemental category. I didn't leave myself much room to write here. 
But under hobbies and interests, I would put things like doing my podcast, which does relate to helping others to some degree. Um, but it's also something I'm very new at. And I also really enjoy like the editing and the audio video side of things. So I would consider this to be a hobby. Writing. Again, I do believe my writing helps other people, but it's ultimately, you know, something I would consider to be a hobby. So here's a metaphor I want to run by you before we go further with this. I find it helpful to think of these three categories of values. And there is a fourth category. The fourth category is the things that are not on this pie chart. And it actually is important to identify those as well. You don't have to list them all because it would be literally everything else. But it's important to acknowledge that, that fourth category exists. And here's the reason. The metaphor I use for these three sets of values, these three types of values, I should say, is that they all correlate with parts of a dish, as in like a meal that you're eating. So your core values are like the main dish. They're like the protein. So if you go out, you know, if you go out to a steakhouse, for example, the core values are the equivalent of the steak itself. These are the focal point of the meal. These are the focal point of your life. If these are in really good shape, even if everything else is struggling a little bit, it's still going to be pretty all right. If these are not in good shape, the other things cannot make up for that. Okay. And that'll make more sense once I define those other things. The supplemental values, the things you need to take care of in order to focus on your core values, these are like the sides. These are the mashed potatoes, the fries, the salad, et cetera. On their own, by themselves, they're not super satisfying. But as a component of something greater, they had a, they add a lot of value to your life and they are still quite important. They play a supporting role in the big picture for you. Your hobbies and your interests, this is, this is a really crucial point, so try not to miss this. Your hobbies and your interests are dessert, okay? They are not essential. They are not crucial. They are a fun bonus in addition and sometimes the things that are really stressing us out are dessert. Like a week ago, for example, I was really stressed out about, am I doing well enough on social media? This is silly. It's a little embarrassing, but I'm, I'm a pretty transparent person. So I'm going to admit it to you all here. I was kind of stressing about like my follower count and my subscribers. I'm like, why, why am I not bigger? Why am I not doing more? You know, why am I not more well-known on here? And the amount of real estate, this was, it was my negativity bias and my rumination kicking in hardcore. The amount of mental real estate that this was taking up for me, it was taking away from time, energy, and attention that I should have been spending on my core values. Um, I re-recorded a couple episodes like two, three times because I wasn't happy with them. I kept going over the same few paragraphs of my book that I'm working on over and over and over again and just being really rigid and really perfectionistic and like, this is not good enough. This is not going to work. And it, it was really growing out of proportion to its role in my life. And so that's the first potential outcome of doing this values pie chart is you realize the things you're stressing about are not that big a deal. And actually, let me go back before I talk about the second purpose. Anything that's not on your pie chart, in our food metaphor, that's somebody else's plate. That's somebody else's dish. That's not even your food. So if you find yourself stressing about something that does not even have a place on here, it's not yours. It's not your thing to worry about at all. That does not even have a place on your plate. And it is not worth your energy. It is not worth your thoughts. The second potential outcome that you might have from doing this values pie chart is you may find 
I am feeling like I'm pretty deficient in some of my core values or some of my supplemental values. I'm looking at what's really important to me and like, I'm neglecting it. I'm not doing what I need to do in these areas. This isn't going to feel good, but this is actually still a good outcome because what that tells you is where you should be redirecting your resources, where you should be spending more time, energy, and attention. Because in my opinion and my experience, it is impossible to overall enjoy your life. You can enjoy moments, but to have the deep sense of purpose and joy and satisfaction that I think we all crave, I don't think you can do that if you're not living in alignment with your core values. And I use that term alignment very literally. If anyone has ever driven a vehicle that was out of alignment, it's a really weird and confusing situation because the body and the wheels don't quite point in the same direction. So if it looks like you're going straight, you actually are drifting out of your lane a little bit. And if you actually are going straight, it looks like you're drifting out of your lane a little bit. That's what it feels like when you are not living in alignment with your core values. You either feel like you're doing the right thing, but you're not, or you are doing the right thing, but you feel like you aren't. I hope that makes sense. I know it's kind of a weird metaphor, but has someone who has both lived out of alignment with his core values and has driven a car with terrible alignment, they feel very similar in a weird metaphorical kind of way. So the other thing I find really helpful to do with this is for each of the items that you listed under core values, supplemental values, and hobbies or interests, those are obviously just categories of things, right? Like family isn't an activity. Family is a category. I recommend for each one of those, break it down into some core bullet points. What are the activities that support my expenditure of time, energy, and attention into this core value? In other words, like what are the actual things I should be doing during my day to live in alignment with these values? And do that for every single one of them. Like, what does it mean to me to live in alignment? <clears throat> like, what does it mean to me to live in alignment with my family being a core value? What does it mean to me to live in alignment with my spirituality? What does it mean to me to prioritize helping others? You have to define these things for yourself. And when you define them, that provides you with not only a roadmap for what you should be doing during the day to live the best life that you personally are capable of living, it also provides you with evaluation criteria. So when you get stuck in that negativity bias, when you get stuck in those ruminative thought patterns, you can look back at this list and say, well, did I do these things? And if you generally did the things on that list, if the majority of your day was core values, supplemental values, and maybe a few hobbies and interests here and there, then you unquestionably, inarguably are doing what you should be doing, even if your brain tries to tell you otherwise. And it will still try. Because to bring this whole thing full circle, brains are a little bit dumb sometimes. And that's just the truth. They just are. They're so frustrating. They're so illogical. They aren't user-friendly. It's, it's a lot of work to have a brain. But I hope that the tools I've talked to you about today help make it a little more tolerable and help you take your next steps in life, whatever those may be. Now, one last thought really quick before I have to go. If you were looking at my values pie chart and those, you know, I only had like, what, eight things on there. And if you were asking yourself, is that really all he does? Like, is that, is, is, are those few things his entire life from sunup to sundown? If you break them down into the actual activities that support them, the answer is yes, they are. I live a very 
narrow life. And that is 100% by design. I've tried it other ways too. I've had a very broad range of pursuits and hobbies and interests and passions. And it just about drove me insane because I always felt, I always felt like I was falling short at every single one of them. And it was miserable. So I have found that at least for me personally, delineating my life to basically as close to the bare minimum amount of things as possible and making sure that it's only the most important things, just not worrying about the rest, like at all, really at all, brings me a tremendous sense of peace that I never thought I would have. So think about using this values pie chart for your own purposes to find guidance and direction in your life, and hopefully also to more fairly and appropriately evaluate yourself. I hope this helped you today. Take care.